When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sooner Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Grayson tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is time for the Huddle. Toby Rowland with you. No Teddy Lehman tonight. That is Trey Millard, everybody. It's great to have him back this week. We're going to have some fun over the next hour. Talking inside wide receivers tonight. We're going to hear from Kale Gundy coming up. Drake Stoops coming up. A lot of other sound for you. That uh, highlight we saw off the top, that, you call it the gauntlet? Yeah, that's new to me. That looks like a lot of fun, though. It, does, it looks like something a guy like you would <laughs> I would enjoy that. Really no, enjoy. no question. Yeah. Something like that. That was had to be in the family of the Oklahoma drill. Yeah, it looks like a relative. For sure. Did you enjoy the Oklahoma drill? I did. I made a little bit of money there. It was uh, it was it was fun. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it for sure. Yeah. We are deep 
into the heart of spring practice now uh at this point is it a grind is it still fun oh it's still fun anytime that you're out there uh competing putting on pads and hitting people yeah. uh, playing the game of football not just working out not just meeting it's always a good time for those players what was the best part of spring ball what was the worst part of spring ball I don't know if there's a worse part. I mean, maybe just that it ended. I just, I did love playing football. And so, um, it's kind of like Christmas. It just sticks when it's over. And, uh, Teddy made a great point last time on the show where it's like you play one practice and then it's, you get a day off and you, and you play another one, you get another day off. And it's just, it's, it's a great time to, to really work on being a better player. Our opening segment is always brought to you by McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Um, the uh, the team coaches have been meeting with the media the last couple of days, so we thought we'd kind of start tonight by just getting you updated on the latest out of spring camp for Lincoln Riley's team. Last week we talked about linebackers. I don't know if you watched the show, but uh, Teddy did a great job kind of breaking down some of the linebacker stuff for us. Brian Odom was one of the uh, coaches that met with the media this week, talked about how deep and good he feels like his room is this year. It is a unique year, and in terms of, like I said earlier, I've got nine guys in a room, and every one of them has played, you know, meaningful minutes. And and every one of those, every one of those nine guys that's in that room played in the bowl game against Florida in the Cotton Bowl. You know, um, but with that being said, it it really is this year uh, one of those years where, um, you know, you your your play actually, you know, it can help you, it can harm you. And because, okay, if you don't if you don't perform to the level that which I know you expect, I expect, we all expect, next guy's going to go in and quite possibly he's going to do it as good or better. Um, but at the end of the day, we are University of Oklahoma, and at the end of the day, that's the way it should be. You know, it shouldn't be the last man standing. It shouldn't be. I, I got to start by default. It's that's not the way it should be at the University of Oklahoma. And it's my job to develop this room to get to the point where this is happening every year. You know, there's a true competition in spring. There's not a depth chart. I mean, if you were a Sooner fan who a couple of years ago was aching for them to play better defense, you had to be thrilled again by what you saw last year. You got to be over the moon about what he's saying. And he's right. Benito, Deshaun White, Asamoah, Whitter, Walker, Aguebu, Marcus Stripling now is at linebacker. They've got a ton of guys, a ton of depth, and a ton of experience at that position. Yeah, the first time we've seen that in a long, in a long time at OU, and it's uh, exciting to see. And like he said, there's going to be a lot of competition. There's going to be some spots earned and spots lost uh, this spring in this training camp. What has impressed you defensively about the job Alex Grinch has done first couple of years? Um, I think he's really done a great job of implementing uh, what he wanted to do, right? He wanted to rotate a lot of guys. He wanted to have a lot of depth um, and play with a lot of speed and let guys loose. Yeah. And so far, that's what they're doing. You can tell guys are having a lot of fun. They're getting really excited about playing in his defense um, and making quick reactions, and, and they're going for it. Small piece of news out of camp. I don't know how small it is. We'll see. It might be a huge piece of news. Marcus Stripling, the uh, – Highly recruited, highly touted junior now out of Houston, Texas, has made a move from defensive end to outside linebacker. He is now a part of Brian Odom's room. Here's what he had to say about the move. Um, I was very excited about the move. Um, I always kind of play stand up, hand down in. I'm just like more of a speed rusher and kind of have a power rush too. But the move came up, like, you just thought I have way, a lot of ability and I can show off my ability better at rush. 
and it, I just feel like the move's been amazing. Like, I get to learn more, and I'm seeing the whole field from a stand-up position. So it's like, it's really a lot of react and attack football. Six foot three, a lot of size, explosive player. You like the idea of him at linebacker? I do. I think it's a really natural move for him. Um, he's a very athletic guy, and uh, like you said, he's, he's used to standing up, and he's pretty comfortable with that. And so I think it's going to be a very natural and kind of easy flow for him to do that. Uh, he's going to be asked to drop into co coverage a little bit more, which is something he's going to have to work on. Um, but besides that, a very... It make, just makes a lot of sense. All right. The theme of the night is receiver, specifically inside receiver. But we're going to talk about all the receivers. And uh, Trajan Bridges met with the media this week as well. Trajan obviously did not get to play until the very end of the season last year due to the NCAA suspension. He says he is excited to be back. Again, I'm, I'm back out there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back out there with, with, with doing the thing I want to do, man. And. Um, it just feels good to just, you know, it's a relief of all the things, all the stuff I went through last year, and and and, and some of those guys were on this on this team last year, you know, and and they know that, so they know how what mindset I got of, you know, coming in here and and, and I bring the energy, I I bring all of it, you know, and it's it's been really it's it's, it's been a fun time with this group just because it feels different, atmosphere feels different, I mean. I'm excited. I'd be excited to wake up to go to practice, you know. And uh, nah, man, it's this role is it's a role. I just I just try to bring the most energy I can and make the plays, you know, when it when it when it comes to me. Trajan Bridges excited. You know, sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind, and we didn't see him a lot last year. And you forget how special of an athlete this kid is when we saw him two years ago and could be this year for this team. Yeah, I think he's going to have um, a, a great year. Uh, he's excited. You can tell by the video. He's yeah. pumped up. He's fired up to get out there and practice uh, and play with his teammates. And so uh, excited to see how he grows and, and contributes this year. One last spring uh, practice question for you. Uh, this is a team that by all accounts has kind of been pointing to this next year to make a run at a, a national championship. You got a quarterback now with a year under his belt. You got, you got a, bunch, a bunch of guys that were young last year that now have a little more experience. Some real key veterans on this team. What's the most important thing in your mind this spring to get accomplished for Lincoln Riley's team? Um, I think maybe just uh, developing some true leadership, mm -hmm. right? You've got some guys that um, on the defensive side and on the offensive side um, with Creed Humphreys, uh, you know, leaving on offense who were the leaders of those of those groups in those units. And Ronnie so, Perkins. Ronnie defense, Perkins, yeah. exactly, on, on defense. And so um, getting those guys to um, develop someone who's going to stand in there, be a little bit more vocal. Um, and then just, I think it's really exciting. As it's probably the most complete team we've seen um, in a while, and I'm I'm really excited to see see that what they're what they're going to do. Is that something you can develop, or is that the case of just waiting for somebody to step up and become that guy? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, right? There has to be some some space, right? Um, no one's just going to come in and knock off Baker to be the leader of that team, sure. right? He's, he's just a natural leader, Alpha. <laughs> right? And so, but um, when those guys leave, there's, there's room and there's opportunity for people to grow um, and they need to be challenged and put, and, and put in that position uh, and, and really gain the respect of their teammates to lead, lead them through the season. I would imagine it helps when that guy is the quarterback. Didn't get to re I didn't get to be around Spencer Rattler much last year because of all the protocols and everything, but he strikes me as kind of an alpha personality and a leader. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be um, a big part of his growth and development is going to be um, in that leadership role. Um, we know he's got what it takes on the field. Uh, he's got to put it together um, every every single every single game and every snap. Um, but really, just leading that team in the locker room uh, in the huddle is going to be a great development for him. All right, let's take an opening timeout. When we come back, we'll start to talk about the inside wide receiver position. But also, we're going to talk about the big news this week on campus. The Sooners have a new men's basketball coach, and he had a whirlwind of a 24 hours in Norman. We'll hear from Porter Moser next. You're watching The Huddle. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The key to culture is every day. It can mean different things to different people, but it's got to be every day or it's not real. And it's habits, standards, the way you go about your business every day. That's what it means to me. To, to what uh, Coach Lincoln Riley's done, his energy, um, his uh, the way he does things, I can't wait to learn from that. To, to so many people in the last week, um, that brand is of excellence. And what, I mean, I don't, to sell excellence, that's, it's, <laughs> I can't wait to use it. People recognize OU brand. They recognize Jordan brand. But they also recognize the excellence that's been going on in the other sports. And I can't wait to parlay that on all the sports, but especially football. I mean, it's, it's a household brand. Um, people are, you know, so excited. I can't wait to learn and be a part of that. And definitely, definitely use that and sell that excitement um, of togetherness with our, with our recruits. New Sooner basketball coach Porter Moser in town for the first time in Norman this week. Uh, taking a look around Lincoln Riley's office there. He's a Chicago guy, so I think he was very impressed with uh, all of the Jordan gear. Yeah, he... Uh... I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I mean, Joe C has done a great job of getting another guy, and um, he's just, he's, I think he's really excited for it. Well, he was impressive, high energy. Uh, I couldn't have been more impressed. Had a chance to sit down with him and do an interview, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to have him in town. Uh, he's already hit the ground in recruiting, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the Porter Moser era gets underway. All right, we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll hear from Kale Gundy next here on The Huddle. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. 
Welcome back to the huddle alongside Trey Millard. I'm Toby Rowland. If you'd like to experience OU football live in 2021, season tickets are on sale now. They include six home games. Nebraska will be here. Iowa State will be here. For more information, go to Soonersports.com or call 405-325-2424. I wanted to ask you about something Porter Moser was talking about there before we go to our Kale Gundy interview. He was talking about culture and how important the culture of the basketball program is going to be to develop it, to maintain it, because Lon Kruger had it going at a pretty good rate. Uh, that's something we hear a lot with OU football, too, with Lincoln Riley, with Bob Stoops before that. How important is that, and what exactly is that to you? Um, it's, it's huge. Uh, Lincoln Riley actually had a sign about sign sound bite the other day from uh, a spring practice where he was talking about how if you're not practicing right now playing every single snap like it's a game it was then there's something wrong with you he's like there's something wrong because it's not how we behave here it's not how we act every single play every single snap every day is a championship day right and so um, I think that's a huge part of something that's instilled in us um, with the banners that are hung around the excellence that you can see not only in the football program um, gymnastics, wrestling, won a Big 12 championship, uh, baseball, softball's obviously been doing yeah. fantastic. I mean, this this program and this university expects you to win, but also to do it the right way. Uh, and I think that goes to, um, that's set at the, at the top with uh, Joe Castiglione, uh, with the coaches that he hires, with the expectations he has for those coaches, uh, and trickles down from them to uh, all the staff and then to all the players. Um, and, and it's up to those players to make everyone else around them uh, do the same thing. That's really well said by you. It's not just a football thing. It's a athletic department thing. And it's signage, you know, but it's also coaches, it's players, it's everybody living up to kind of that, that culture that has been established. And uh, when you walk in, I think when you could tell me, I think when you arrive, even as a recruit, but certainly as a freshman, you kind of sense it and you feel it and you go, I, I got something to live up to here. Yeah, it's almost an aura, right? And mm -hmm. so it's it's a great use and tool in uh, recruiting, uh, like he said he was going to use, and the excellence of the brand um, and, and just how respected it is and how excited people are to be associated with it. All right, a guy who has been responsible for many years around here for developing that culture, for maintaining that culture, for establishing it is Kale Gundy. Let's start to talk about who he has, his weapons this year. He sat down yesterday with our Chris Plank. Kale Gundy, we had a chance to talk to Drake Stoops. Um, that inside receiver room, it's starting to grow. He got more bodies in there. Kind of take me through how you feel overall about that room right now. I feel good. I've got, I've got great, great young men in there. And, and I've always been a, you know, a, a big fan of uh, anybody in my room. You're, you're going to be a great character guy. You're going to do the right things. It's all about the team. Um, and, and that's what I got in there. I can work with you if I had that right there, if you got that mindset. Uh, we added Marvin Mims is now uh, working with me in there in the wide position with Drake, Brian Darby, uh, a couple walk-ons and Colt Atkinson and Davion Curtis. But um, it, again, we're, we're in spring ball. Uh, we're out there practicing walkthroughs, meetings. Um, you know, these guys are, are very good of taking what, you know, they're coached in a meeting and applying it out on the field and not having to constantly continue to, to, to re-coach them. So uh, excited about what I have to work with here. Last year was so unique. 
it, and again, we're still in the pro protocols, mask wearing, all, all things that are still happening. But is it nice to have a little bit more of a sense of normalcy here in 2021? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than spring football. Again, meetings are good, walkthroughs are good, but being able to get out there and get on the field and um, and, and, and a little bit of pad popping and, and some one-on-ones and some live situations, it's just there's just so much you can learn from. And, um, you know, spring is the biggest time of the year for uh, I've always felt for football players to make a jump. You know, when you come out of a season and you see a, you see some differences in some young men who played last year and then, you know, eight months later, eight or nine months later, you can see the difference in them out there. You know, they, they're growing up. They've matured some, hopefully. Um, most of them do. Uh, weight room, they get stronger. They get faster. Just a better, quicker understanding of what we want to do and what we, what we want to accomplish. So um, nothing better than spring ball. Let's talk about a couple of individuals and we mentioned Drake Stoops uh, I have such a focused kid where have you seen his continual growth you know Drake is uh, someone that wants to be a perfectionist uh, he carries a notebook with him 24 hours a day you know whether it's in special teams meeting whether it's in our meeting he's constantly somebody who's writing everything down so you better make sure you're saying the right thing because <laughs> he will come back and he will question which i'm fine hey i've been known to say something wrong when i said something differently a month or two a month ago and that's fine but um he studies the game he he, he watches the people that um that that embody his style of play, uh, whether it's in, uh, you know, players that we've had here or guys that are in the NFL, uh, you know, being an undersized guy, not a true 4-4 runner. I mean, you got to find ways to be successful. You got to be, you got to be extremely intelligent. Um, you got to be a great route runner. Uh, you got to be very tough. You got to go above and beyond in areas. And those are the things that he was worked on. But, um, he is, uh, you know, you saw last year, he was a very physical blocker, probably the best blocker we had in all the wide receiver core. And uh, he was the guy that was asked to do a lot of the dirty work. Uh, so he continues to be really good in that area, but his route running uh, and the ability to separate in one-on-one has been been pretty good this spring. You know, and you mentioned that, the blocking side of things. That's, that's always something that I don't think we, the royal we, fans, media, realize the importance of that receiver position. Think blocking, offensive line, running back, and blitz pickup. But it's big in that receiver room, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and that's what, that's what allow our, allows us to have uh, big runs. You know, instead of four or five-yard runs, those could turn into 12 and 15 and so on down the field. So, uh, but again, it, it's, it's, you know, our offense is built, is, is a running football team, and we're throwing football team. We actually run the ball more here than we throw the ball. You know, people think Oklahoma – they see the Heisman quarterbacks and they see the receivers and, uh, and, and they think the high-scoring high and powered offense, which it is, but we actually run the ball here more than, than we do throw it. A couple final thoughts and we'll get you out of here. Number one, you mentioned Marvin Mims to the inside room. Are we still looking at a guy that can move back outside and do a little bit of everything? Or, and, and what have you seen from him since he's made that shift? Well, we, we believe it's the right place for him. Uh, we believe it's a, it's a better fit for him uh, running uh, down in the middle part of the field instead of just being locked on one side of the field. Um, Marvin's extremely intelligent and a hard worker, too. He's very similar to, to Drake in that sense. Uh, when, you're, when you're a very good player, you can play all the positions. We can move Marvin to any four of the wide receiver spots, and he'd be really good at any of those. So, uh, But um, I, I think the, the transition from him to being outside to inside is very easy because he's just a very good football player and he's very intelligent how cool is it to look around now and on this staff not only to have so many former Sooners uh, that played 
but have guys you coached. I mean, DeMarco's there, Joe John Finley now. How cool is that? Uh, Brian Odom. Brian Odom. <laughs> you know, I mean, two guys that I recruited and coached that, that are here. And it's, uh, it's pretty neat. I, I still, you know, I'm the oldest guy on the staff. I, I turned 49 uh, this weekend. Um, you know, which I don't feel like 49's old. Now to those guys, 49's <laughs> probably old, but I feel like I'm 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 still pretty young and in into the game. Um, but it is very neat, and I think it's it's really neat and really cool that Lincoln, um, you know, Lincoln Lincoln wants to have guys here that 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 are part of this program and have been and, and have bled out on that field and have won championships and know what it's like to be a Sooner. And then a final thought, you know, we can't let you go without asking a quarterback question. What have you seen from Spencer? And then you know, you have a young guy coming in at semester like Caleb Williams. It's uh, it's good to see some competitive arms out there, isn't it? There's no doubt. Um, you know, Caleb's got a lot on his plate right now. Caleb's taking high school classes. He's taking college classes. He's trying to learn an offense. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but you can see the the uh, the ability that he has out there, and it's coming through. And you can see uh, literally just, you know, just by practice by practice where he's making strides. Um, you know, I, I think Spencer's a guy who's just getting more comfortable, starting to be more vocal, uh, starting to really take those leadership roles on. Um, you know, always when you're a quarterback, you're, you're supposed to be a leader. Sometimes it's hard to do that as a as a freshman. Uh, but I see him making progress in that area and, um, you know, really, really taking control of this offense. If you could take one player from the softball team and put her in your room, it's Jocelyn Allo, right? Oh, there's no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, I mean, there's the, 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 the competitiveness in those girls. And you know what? That's not fair to say. All those girls, yeah. all those ladies over there are studs. You, you got know? speed. You could have Lulu. You could have Mackenzie Donahue. That speed in that there's inside receiver no spot. Doubt. She would definitely be probably be in my room. She'd be an inside receiver because of how fast she <laughs> Coach, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. A little softball talk. He loves his diamond sports. He loves softball. It's hard not to like uh, the undefeated OU softball team right now. 28-0, and they've got it rolling. Our coaching interview brought to you by Riverwind. Still the one. A little news there, perhaps, from uh, Kale that uh, Marvin Mims now working with the inside receivers. Yeah, first, I just going to say, I love uh, Coach Gundy. He coached me for two years. I had the privilege of it. And um, just he names the walk-ons, right? He's yeah. that kind of coach where he cares about everybody that's in his room. Um, and he's getting more guys in that room. He's getting some explosive players with Marvin Mims. All right, let's talk about Marvin and Drake in a second. But first, let's hear from Drake, uh, the coach's kid. The offspring also sat down with our Chris Plank. Well, Drake, first and foremost, uh, offseason, kind of some normalcy. How's it feeling so far for you kicking off spring ball, in-person spring ball? Yeah, finally. I mean, it's been we've been hungry, you know, trying to get back out there, especially it got taken away from us last year. But, I mean, it's been, it's been going really good. Winter workouts transition nice into spring ball. You know, just having fun with it. Now, listen, I know he's in the wings, so you got to think about this answer very carefully. But what has Kale Gundy meant to you, not just as a coach, but as a person? You know, everyone knows your story. You've been here for a minute. But um, Kale's been there every step of the way, too. So what's his influence been like on you? Uh, I mean, it's been great. I don't think any coach anywhere else in the country could have, you know, pushed me to the levels that he's pushed me. And I think knowing him my whole life and him, you know, just honestly, he's hard on me. He's real hard on me, and he, but he expects the best out of me, and, and he wants the best for me, and that's why he's so hard on me, you know. And he knows what I'm capable of, and so he definitely pushes me to exceed my limits and continue to look for new ones and just be the best player that I can be all around. I know there were times last year in that inside receiver's room where you looked around and it was maybe just you and a couple of dinged-up guys. So what's that room looking like now, and how has that depth continued to grow? 
Oh, it's been looking really good. Yeah, I mean, we have everyone back healthy and stuff, and we don't have guys missing out because of COVID and, and all that like we were during the season. But, you know, the depth looks good, and we're all pushing each other and uh, just getting better learning from each other. And, yeah, I mean, it looks nice. Let, let me brag on you personally for a bit. I thought you had a great season last year, and you were kind enough to come on and talk after your breakout game against Kansas State. And I know you, as competitors, you want to win every single game. So with that in mind, as you look back, how did you feel about Drake Stoops' performance on the field, looking back on it in 2020? Uh, I mean, I thought it was good, but definitely nowhere near what I'm, you know, I'm capable of or what I want. But, I mean, that goes for any competitor. They'll look back on it and only see their mistakes and they won't see any of the good things. But there were some good things, some good learning experiences. And I think the biggest thing was just getting out there and actually playing, building my experience and getting a feel for the speed and just a feel for the game, and just everything and in the moments and the situations. And I think I could just try and continue to build on that for this year. What's that process like in, in getting used to the speed? Is it a lot of film work? Is it just seat time more than anything else? I'd say just experience more than anything is one of the the biggest factors. Just because you're just you're out there, you're actually doing it, and you you learn on the fly. So, where do you feel like you made and have made your biggest jump from the end of 2020 now to spring ball in 2021? Um, probably just continue to build myself physically. I've gotten a lot a lot stronger, a lot faster. And then also I'm just trying to continue to stay quick and explosive so I can get in and out of cuts and keep making people miss. But definitely just building myself physically and continuing to, to mature. Uh, take me through kind of your relationship and how it continued to grow on the field with Spencer Rattler. Because there's a timing aspect, right? And that's something that you need seat time, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's just it's continued to grow from, from last year to this year. And with him being so young last year and having such a, a large role, I mean, he, he really, as the year went on, you see he got better better and better and better and that's just that experience I was talking about and so we, we carried that into the offseason and we were throwing during winter workouts all that and now we're in spring ball but I think it's just continue to develop that trust you know and when he throws that ball it's a 50-50 ball you go up and make a play you know he, he develops a little more trust in you that, that you're not going to let him throw a pick or anything like that and I don't know you're just going to go get get the ball and also just making the simple catches the routine plays just just knowing that he can he can hit you whenever you whenever he needs to. That's a familiarity, right? That's time yeah. together, isn't it? Right, yeah, no, so this is just our second year now, you know, throwing with each other, doing that, and so it's just going to continue to grow, and I can already say that it, it's getting a lot better than it even was, say, six months ago, a year ago. Man, um, I, I know that we could sit here and talk about you, but I know you like to talk about your teammates, so that is a room that's grown. Take me through some of the guys that have caught your eye early on and, and kind of where they are in, in this maturation process. Like, guys like Brian Darby have a, they really, I mean, he's really came, came a long you know he's learning more and he got some experience last year which definitely will help him and I mean he's continuing to grow physically mentally all that and then Marvin Mims they put him in there now in the inside receiver room so it's been cool to, to kind of see his his game more closely you know especially in the film room and all that and see how he uses his speed and maybe if he has a size disadvantage how he overcomes that you know just things like that and so we're always learning from each other and then versatility too to be able to do a little bit of everything right you you, you want to know everything that's going on with the offense right yeah no doubt take me through your improvement or at least the 
necessity to be a good blocker. That's something that you've got to be able to do in that receiver's room, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a bigger deal than most people make of it because the the O-line, they they spring the, the, the beginning of the run. They block the D-linemen. They block the backers. But if you can't block on that second level, then you might only get a 20-yard play when it could have been an 80-yard touchdown, you know? And so I just try to put a lot of emphasis on you either win or you lose the rep, honestly. And whether it's a route or blocking, you're either open or you're not, and you either block the guy or you didn't, you know? And so I just I treat every route and every block as the, as the same, you know? You just want to get a, a W out of that play and do your job. And, yeah. I'll let you go on this. Um, this program always welcomes expectations, right? Championship expectations. Do you sense those expectations being as high as they've ever been heading into this spring in 2021? No doubt. Yeah, the standard never wavers and never changes. It will always be that's the standard, you know, around here. And, and that's why people come to a place like this. And that's why we, we work our tails off to continue to uphold that standard. You're awesome. Thanks, Drake. Appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you guys. Love seeing that young man. He has uh, gone from knee-high to a grasshopper around here to a very good football player. Made a huge play against Texas, obviously, in the fourth overtime last year. And I think he's uh, probably going to make a bunch more this year. Like what he had to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about culture. We've talked about yeah. taking every single snap seriously. And that's what he's talking about doing, winning on every single play, uh, being a perfectionist. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to continue to do. I mean, he really takes this game serious, and he has um, a lot of uh, kind of advanced skill sets of some things that from, from, from a wide receiver. And so uh, you talk about the way that they've blocked, the way that he takes and runs routes. Um, it's it's exciting to see what he's doing. Uh, from a guy who's, you know, kind of under, he's undersized and he's not the fastest. He just makes plays. He's a mm -hmm. gamer. When the light comes on, uh, he's there to, to show, show out. He's a tough kid, but when you are smart like he is, when you run routes like he does, when you block like he does, it's kind of hard to keep him off the field. And I know they are loaded at this position, and we're going to talk about all the wide receiver talent that they have coming up in just a couple of minutes here, but I mean, he's going to play. He's, there's just too many good qualities for Drake Stoops to keep him out of the game. Absolutely. I mean, blocks, runs great routes, um, smart. Uh, he's he's a, a really complete player and has a great feel for the game. He, I mean, look at that play right there. He just He's a, he's a gamer. He's going to go make plays. All right, let's talk about Marvin Mims. So, Cale Gundy says he's in his room now. Marvin outside most of the year last year, obviously the leading uh, receiver for this team, one of the best freshmen in the country. Why do you think they made this move? Um, I think kind of twofold, right? Getting the, the, the best players on the field, getting your best 11. Uh, the outside receiver room is is incredibly stacked with talent and stars galore. And so um, I think it's also a little bit more of a natural position for him. He's a little bit smaller. He's fast. Uh, he's going to be off the ball a little bit more um, and let him really take advantage of his speed. And he's going to make a ton of plays. He's going to be stretched in more schemes. And so I, I think it's a great move. I, I can hear the fan, even myself, saying, well, why mess with anything? He had a great year last year. Why mess with anything? But I think you're right. I mean, even though he starts at the inside, he's going to make a ton of plays everywhere on the field for this team. Yeah, you can almost use him more and more creatively, I think, in this position, don't I, you? I think so. And I think that uh, just because he's in that room doesn't mean that he's not going to be outside and Lincoln's yeah. not going to use him uh, and move him around and get him in some stuff where he's going to be used creative, creatively, like you said. I mean, they are loaded, though. Jaden Hazelwood. We saw we heard from Trajan Bridges in the first segment. Theo Weiss had a good year, especially second half of the year last year. Mm -hmm. Great touchdown in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, they got the 
highly touted five-star freshman and Mario Williams coming in, Cody Jackson, Cale uh, Gundy, and Drake Stoops talked about Brian Darby. And, I mean, there's your guys, too. I mean, they're still going to throw the ball to Stogner and Mikey Henderson and Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis. It doesn't stop the pass-catching talent that this team could have. No, they've got it everywhere at every position and a ton of depth at all of them. It's going to be interesting to see where the, where those uh, those passes go. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got Theo Weiss, who had a great year. He's a big outside guy. Um, I think you're, you're looking at Trayon. Bridges having kind of a breakout year, but um, we just have a, a whole bunch of guys in that room that are going to look to get some touches. Let's hear from Jaden Hazelwood. Jaden had a, an injury last year, fought his way back. Lincoln bragged about him all season, what a tough kid he was, what a team guy he was. Then he didn't. He had to sit out some more games later in the year, but he's expected to be a major part of the passing attack this year. He talked this week about his goals and his team's goals. We, I think we led the we led college football in most dropped touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, I'm not sure, but I, it's something like that. And uh, we that's not us. Like we we're better than that. We like we we all are dudes, so we all gotta we gotta shake back from that and and just prove the critics wrong. It's not even about even proving them wrong. We're doing it for ourselves and for this program as well, though, because we we all got a goal at the end. We trying to win a natty, so. Drop touchdowns, we, that's, not, that's not it. We all are dudes, and we try to win a natty. That's what I took out of uh, that interview. Absolutely. But he's right. They, For as talented as they are, they dropped way too many balls last year, especially potential touchdown catches. Yeah, absolutely. But you love to see their attitude and the chip on the shoulder that they've got because of that. They know that they under, underperformed for what they have and what they are as a bunch of dudes. And so yeah. um, we're going to go out, and hopefully they're going to they're change some of that up because there's a lot of guys in that room that they're not going to have that kind of space to, to do that. Lincoln challenged him before spring practice saying it wasn't good enough last year at wide receiver to be dropping that many balls. And if you are a bunch of dudes, you better start playing like it. So we shall see. Now, I want to ask you before we go to break about a topic that is near and dear to your heart, blocking, because we heard Chris talking to Kale about that, to Drake Stoops about that. None of them are as good as you at that back in the day, but it's a big deal for them, isn't it? The wide receivers I'm talking about. It, it is a big deal, and and luckily that we've got a group and a coach uh, and a kind of that culture that we take a lot of pride in it. You can tell the difference between when a receiver's out there just trying to do his job, yeah. and he, when he takes a lot of pride in, in really getting after uh, who he's trying to who's trying to block. Who was the best blocking wide receiver when you played? Uh, Kenny Stills had a couple yeah. um, of big ones. Colton the Texas Bester, game when yep. he depleted that yep, guy. Yep. Yep. Colton Bester had some had some great ones. Um, uh, Ryan Broyles did a great job blocking. Um, like I said, it's 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 a culture right there, right? And we we expected them to block uh, for us or for anybody else who was carrying the ball whenever we blocked for them uh, to try and get the, the quarterback some time. That's a good transition to this graphic because the Sooners at wide receiver – like several positions, are loaded in the NFL right now. You see Kenny Stills there, C.D. Lamb, one year deep with the Dallas Cowboys. Hollywood making plays still in Baltimore. Sterling Shepard in New York and D.D. Westbrook still out of Jacksonville. Kenny Stills has been uh, 
doing it since 2012. He's had a very nice career. Yes, he has. One of my, one of my uh, classmates, and love to see that he's doing it at a high level for a long time. 144th pick, and he's still in the league. I will right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, my favorite segment in layman's terms featuring Trey Millard tonight. We're talking about the slot fade. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Toby and Trey back with you. All right, it's time for my favorite segment on the huddle. It's called In Layman's Terms. It's brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. This is the segment where Teddy or Trey breaks down football stuff for us. Last week, we took a deep dive into the Superman play. This week, we're talking inside receivers, and you want to focus on a play that has become very big in football in recent years, the slot fade. Yep. Take yep. it away. What are we looking right. at here? Let's, are we going to pull up the camera? So let's just let's just sit back and enjoy this first one and watch uh, watch a touchdown. It does always help when uh, the defense blows the coverage. So <laughs> let's go ahead and watch um, Marvin's men score a touchdown. It's just it's a, it's a beautiful play. Usually a two two play concept uh, for a receiver. So if we bring him back up to um, the huddle after we celebrate, go ahead and pause it here. So what you're going to see is the inside receiver run a slot fade. So typically in ver verticals, both receivers are going to run um, just straight down the field to, to some degree. There should be uh, one of these two safeties back here should be lined up in man coverage over, over Mims. Um, the outside receiver is going to do either a smash route or a slant or some kind of inside breaking route, which is going to leave a lot more space to the outside uh, f for Mims to work with. Uh, he's he's going to do an outside release fade to get to kind of that spot and location um, that the outside receiver would, would run it at typically. Uh, advantages being he can be off the ball, on the ball. Um, the DB cannot press into the sideline as much because he's going to be on an inside shoulder. And so um, go ahead and run it, and you can kind of see how, how it plays out here. So again, that, that guy should have been pressed, but he gets the outside release and just has a ton of space over there. If you've got a good quarterback who can throw a softball over the top of the outside shoulder uh, and a great receiver who can who can catch it, um, it's, it's a really pretty play. This play has kind of came up uh, and gotten a lot of popularity over the last um, couple years. A lot of Everybody runs it on Sundays, um, and it's got a lot of popularity uh, in college football, and there's no one better who's running it than the Oklahoma Sooners. It's a touch pass. Yes, yes, it is. And so what we're going to see here is kind of then the variety that breaks off. So yeah, go ahead and pause it here. We've got 
Theo East, who's going to run it down here in the slot. Um, you're going to see the DBs kind of get confused, and he's going to be another broken coverage. Like I said, always helps. Uh, and he's going to end up scoring a touchdown. But see him, he's going to have another outside release uh, and go ahead and run it. Outside releases, uh, there's a broken coverage, but he gets to that outside space. Uh, another play that's great to run on the 20 to 30 going in, kind of that high red zone, uh, just a little bit outside, puts that, that one high safety uh, and a lot of pressure. It's, it's a man beater. Here we've got it ran um, with a running back. Go ahead and pause that. You're going to see Lincoln this year, I think, use a lot of formations to run this play. He's going to look for mismatches with getting a Theo Weiss, who's a typically an outside receiver, mm -hmm. pushing, putting him inside to where he can run it. In this case, this is Rodney Anderson. He's going to run it from, uh, obviously, as a running back. You're going to see, I think, Mikey Henderson and Eric Gray, who've lined up at receiver, run this a bunch, either motion to it, uh, check the line of scrimmage, see if they're in man. They're going to run that on linebackers. Uh, and then, like Theo Weiss did in the last, last play, he's going to run it against their third DB. So you're getting uh, one of your better receivers um, on a nickelback versus a true corner, and, and Lincoln's going to really expose that. So go ahead and run, run it here. We've got uh, running back on, I think this is a safety here, but still able to make a great play. Wow. Uh, exposes kind of the space and getting guy one-on-one -on -one, uh, and just kind of beating him up in man. And you just, you just love to see that. So um, just just a great concept that OU's running. They have some wrinkles that they that they have come off of it um, with some other kind of route combinations. But it really doesn't matter if you can't execute this one. And as you can see with these couple plays that we've we've shown, that they do a great job of doing of of running it. Yeah, that's interesting because what we were talking about with uh, Marvin, you might see him in. Not that he didn't. He ran it last year, obviously against Florida, but that yeah. could be a, a weapon for him. Anybody with size because you're going to get him probably in man coverage on the outside with a littler guy. I like what you said about some of the H-backs being motioned out there on a linebacker or a nickel as well. You're going to have some size, and with a good touch pass, it's almost indefensible. Yeah, it, it is, and if, if guys want to go zone to it on the opposite side of the, of the field, you run a zone comp set with those two receivers, and so it's kind of an even, even play to be able to beat whatever that defense is putting out there. The fade has been a weapon in football for as long as we've played football, but the beauty of the slot fade is you're running it from the hash. Yep. So and there's a lot more room out there. A lot, to throw more, it to. A lot more space, a lot more um, puts that DB and that safety in, the, in a really tough spot to be able to cover those over the shoulder uh, fade, fade routes. And the answer to that, if uh, the, the outside corner drops off into coverage, you got a little, you got a wide open guy in the flat there. Absolutely. Work off of that. Yep. So uh, a great route concept. Lincoln's done a great job running it, putting it in different positions, getting people in different um, alignments uh, and motions to get into it. And it's, you're going to see it a lot again this season. Lincoln's going to nix the, uh, in layman's terms segment. We're giving away all of his uh, secrets here over the last <laughs> couple of months. Look for the slot fade coming to a Big 12 stadium near you a lot this fall. We'll take a break. We'll wrap it up with By the Numbers next. It's the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Great job. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies and our community partners Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola and OU Health Welcome back everybody, there we go 
It's the huddle here at Rudy's final segment by the numbers brought to you by Pike Pass. I'm killing the Pike Pass lately, by the way, going north and south on I-35, Kansas and Texas. Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas and Texas, easy for me to say. Hey, Sooners, don't get past, get Pike Pass. It is time for By the Numbers. It is a tight contest. Teddy swept me last week, which really tightened things up. 21 to 19, you're representing for the, the Butkus Award winner tonight. Four questions. We'll each take a guess. Whoever's closest gets a point for their team. Here we go. Question number one tonight by the numbers is what is the most receptions Sterling Shepard had in a season at Oklahoma? Most reception, receptions. Let's go with catches. Most catches Sterling Shepard had in a season at OU. I'll let you guess first. I don't, this is, I'm not even, I'm not sure where it would even be higher. I'm a fullback. We don't catch the ball. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to say it's, it's more than you ever had in yeah. a season. So we'll start with okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 60. I think you're low. I think I may be low too. You want to change your guess? No, I, no, I said 60? it. 60? Yeah, it's too um, late now. I mean, he had some monster seasons. I don't want to overshoot it. But I'm going to say 80. Okay. Let's go uh, 80 catches for Shep. Uh, 86. I couldn't find it mm. for a second. Yeah, let's look at the yards. 86 catches, just under 1,300 yards in 2015 in his senior year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good production right there. Yeah, it is. So uh, that point goes to me. Here's question two by the numbers. What is the record for the longest pass play by the Sooners? Well, uh, we got a limit of 99 on this thing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's got to be. I feel good about this one. I'm going to say 93. I'm going to jump out and give out the first number. The, the, the play that comes to mind is, uh, well, that was about. I'm going to say more than that. There, in the history, there's got to be one where it's been 95 or more. So I'll say, I'll say 95. Okay. I can't think of what it would be. Let's see. 95. How about there that? There you go. You knew it. Ben Hart in 1965 against Florida State. I didn't call that game. That was a total lucky guess on my <laughs> part. All right. 2-0 start. Here we go. Question number three by the numbers brought to you by Pike Pass. What's the record for most consecutive completions by a quarterback? Most consecutive completions. I think I know who this is. Whether you, or not I can remember is? the number. I think it's Sammy. I think, I think Sammy went on a very nice run to start a game early in the season. I'm going to let you guess first, though, before I say a number. I'm going to say 20. Now, you're in the ballpark, but I think it's more than that. I think it was like 23 straight or so. I'll go okay. 23. What's the answer? Is it Sam, first off? It is 22. 22. Ooh. Uh, that spans wow. two games, I'm told. All right. Uh, let's look for a clean sweep here. Question number four by the numbers tonight. What is the record for most points scored in a season by Oklahoma? So we're looking for the total in the season or in one game? Total in a season. One oh, season. man. Okay, so let's say, you know, if you average 50 a game for 10 games, that's 500. You tack on a couple of more, that's 600. 
but they're not going to average 50. When they almost did, I'm going to say we're in the neighborhood of 600 because you got a bowl game, you got a Big 12 championship. I'll go yeah. six. I'll go 625. Okay, I think you're a little high, so I'm going to go well, 615. Okay, 625 and 615. The answer is. Oh, oh my goodness. 716. Wow. There's Sammy again in 2008. So wow. that's uh, it's a clean sleep. Boy, Teddy's going to be I'm so sorry. disappointed with me. Just don't tell him. <laughs> tell him the different guest was on. I'm sorry for you, but I'm thrilled for <laughs> Teddy. How about that? Uh, that's it for our show. We want to encourage you to this weekend. Check us out. We got OU baseball coming up. They're hosting a big, big 12 series against the Kansas Jayhawks at Mitchell Park. Game one coming up at 630 on Friday night. I'll have the call on that for you on Sooner Sports TV with Blake Brewster. And we'll see you next week on The Huddle. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.